welcome back to another episode of What the HR, an award-winning podcast. I'm Jesse Novi. And I'm Mike Toole. The What the HR podcast explores how to build people-centric businesses through modern practices and approaches. New episodes are released frequently, so don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss any episodes. to another episode of What the HR. Today, we have a very unique and special episode for you where the roles are going to be reversed. Mike and I are being interviewed by Becky Lossing um, versus us being the interviews. Um, This will give you all a little bit of an opportunity to learn about Mike and I, um, how the podcast got started, um, and insights into where we see this podcast going and the impact we believe it's made on the HR community. So to give you a little bit of background on Becky, who is going to be interviewing us today, uh, Becky has really had an incredible journey with Twin City Sherm. She joined uh, Twin City Sherm in 2010. She became a board member in 2016 and was elected president in 2020. When she is not volunteering with Twin City Sherm um, in her day job, Becky has spent a majority of her career helping technology startups build their people foundation. She is currently the VP of People Operations at Onsite. And when she's not working and not volunteering, she loves going up north and spending time with her husband and her son. She also is a lover of travel, meeting new people, reading, gardening, exercising, and cooking. So we hope you love this episode and uh, learning a little bit more about our journey here on the What the HR podcast and a little bit more about me and Mike. Um, As always, if you're loving our podcasts and our guests and our episode topics, please do us a huge favor. Head out onto your favorite podcast platform. Leave us both a rating and a review. Uh, The combination of those two things uh, do wonders in ensuring that our podcast is getting out to other HR practitioners and business leaders who would benefit from this content. Thanks to you for being a listener of the podcast, and we hope that you love this episode. All right, welcome back to another episode of What the HR. We're we're changing it up a little bit. Uh, we have uh, past president of our local Sherm chapter, um, Becky. Do you want to introduce yourself really quick, and then I'll explain kind of what the show is about. Yeah, hello everyone. Um, Becky Lossing here. I'm past president for Twin Cities Sherm. In my day job, I am an HR leader at a startup tech company, and I volunteer for Twin City Sherm. When I'm not working. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, so this episode is a little different because uh, we're actually kind of being interviewed. So the podcast recently won the Sherm Pinnacle Award, uh, which Becky, maybe you can explain more in detail what that is in a little bit. But uh, it it kind of caused us to take a pause, take a step back. Uh, Becky had asked if she can come on and kind of ask some questions and almost reminisce about kind of where the podcast started and and where it's at now. So. Uh, obviously we're excited to have you on. And so it's, it's going to be interesting that Jess and I will be kind of in the interviewee seat, but we're going to see how it goes. So I'm going to turn it over to our our new host and that's Becky. (laughs) Thanks for having me guys. Um, (laughs) yeah. So, so just starting off, I think the biggest thing kind of to kick off with is, you know, the pinnacle award coming from Sherm is pretty big honor and out of 600 local chapters across the country, um, Twin Cities Sherm won this award. Um, and it really, I think for us and the big thing with this podcast is a big focus is right. This podcast helps advance the HR profession and enhances the, the HR community. And, um, 
you know, it's a big, it's a big honor. So just kind of reminiscing and we were talking about this the podcast really has been around now since 2019. The, uh, the concept or the idea of it came from a, our a board board of directors strategy planning session, um, and then it kicked off in 2019. And talk to me a little bit about kind of those first you know months of starting the podcast and um, getting it kind of going from the ground up. Yeah, well, I'll I'll start. Jess, you can jump in. So it took us a while, I think, to actually get started because both Jess and I knew nothing about doing a podcast. Right? We talked about it in the strategic retreat, and then uh, all of a sudden we were we were leading it. So it, I mean, it was as basic as like literally trying to find a microphone. <laughs> like, which one do we get? We had no idea. How are we going to edit this thing? Like, everything seems so complex. I remember when we first started, we actually had we had uh, somebody actually doing all the production stuff and, and this was pre COVID. So when we started, we actually were in person and we're like, we're both in Minnesota, but now, now, you know, three years later, we have listeners across the world. Uh, so we wanted to expand that. So it didn't make sense to do everything in person, but at that time we'd actually have to show up early, um, set up all the equipment and then tear down. Whereas now we do everything, you know, through zoom and it, it's a lot easier, but it was a learning experience for sure. I think I always thought the biggest challenge was going to be like the production of it. But uh, in reality, it's I think the harder thing has been like finding guests and finding topics like the, the HR world is there's a ton of topics, but there's also not a ton of topics, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. so you try to not do the same topics over and over again. But just what talk about your experience from the beginning. Yeah, I would say, you know, even though we're a 100% volunteer run podcast, we really wanted the podcast to be super quality. You know, we didn't want it to appear like these were just, you know, two people that sort of did this thing on the side. We wanted the quality of the production to be high. We wanted the quality of the audio to be high. We wanted the quality of our guests to be super high. And so making sure that we did it right with somebody who was educated in the space out of the gate, even though we've transitioned away to doing our production on our own now, I think was something that was really important to us so that we could become educated on the process and make sure that we really came out of the gate um, with something that we could be proud of and something that would grab our our listeners and help grow our listener base um, Mm -hmm. pretty, pretty immediately. And um, it's been a really fun journey, just learning about something that's completely outside of what Mike and I do on a day-to-day basis. Um, you know, Mike being in sales, me being um, an HR practitioner, I think we, although Mike indicated it's been challenging and I agree it is challenging at time to find guests because again, we're not just looking to bring any guest on any topic on. We want to make sure that if we were listening to the podcast, that it would be a guest we would be inspired by or we would learn something by. So making sure that we were finding uh, quality speakers on quality content um, was was and continues to be a challenge, but I also think it's something that we've has been our north star and something that we always kind of go back to. On okay, let's gut check: is this checking all of the boxes that we set for ourselves when we when we indicated what we wanted our objectives to be for this podcast out of the gate? So for that, I'm I'm proud that we've um, continued to do that, and I think that that's what's really helped grow our listenership and our downloads over time. 
Yeah, that's that's amazing. I mean, with approximately you guys are hitting 100,000 downloads, um, have over 70 episodes published. This might be kind of hard to pinpoint, but what is something you guys think um, or have thought has been very impactful that our listeners got to hear from one or maybe more than one of the guests um, that has really stuck with you um, over the last couple of years? Yeah, it is hard to answer because you're, we, I'd be like making an assumption. <laughs> I will say that when we started the podcast, what we all, what Jess and I both, both always said was we want to, we don't want to stay at like 40,000 feet. Like there are so many thought leaders in the space mm-hmm. and, and sometimes conceptually, like that stuff is so hard to like wrap your mind around. Like, yeah, we'd love to have this amazing culture and do everything like perfectly. And it's like a complete philosophical change within the organization whereas we we thought if if somebody listening to go back to work and implement an idea that they heard on the podcast like right away like it was something simple enough that they could make an impact right away mm-hmm. that we would be we'd be happy with that so mm-hmm. i i don't know specifically like I, I know i've learned a ton of stuff and things that you know i've implemented or talked to my customers about but i i guess Instead of guessing what I think people learned, what I hope is that they took, you know, at least one thing away from each episode that they could actually implement into their workforce or even in their personal lives. Some of the episodes we do are, are not just work related. Yeah, I would agree with Mike. It would be really difficult for me. Um, I've been inspired by so many of our guests and I personally, as a co-host of the guest, have walked away feeling you know, re re um like reignited, and you know whatever I'm doing or focusing on as an HR professional, or inspired to share um, something that I learned with a peer or a leader in my business, um, or think about the work that I do differently. And I I think we've done a really nice job of diversifying our topics and our guests. And so because of that, there's been to Mike's point. Um, a lot of value in the thought leaders that we've had come on, but there's been a ton of value in more of the HR practitioners that we've brought into that sort of bring things back more to our day-to-day versus kind of high-level strategy. What would you say, Becky? You listened to it. Has there been anything that you feel like has stood out for you? Like I'm, yeah. I'm always curious, right? It's, this is like some, I want some feedback now. Um, I'm curious, like when you listen to episodes, if it's, if you feel like you did a few good nuggets or just in general, the guests are okay. Like what, what do you think? Yeah, I, for me, I mean, it's always great to have tangible nuggets, right. To bring back to the workplace. Um, for me sometimes, and this might sound, I maybe make myself a little bit vulnerable, but, um, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a small HR department and I think just kind of even over the pandemic, I mean, there's times where, um, I work from home 100% of the time, and you do get a little bit lonely. Um, and for me, sometimes I I plug into the podcast a lot when I'm walking, but sometimes it really gives me kind of a sense of hope and kind of inspiration to kind of just like a reminder of why I work in, with with people and mm-hmm. you know why I was drawn to the HR profession, you know, from the get go. And I think we're seeing that right as the pandemic has kind of evolved and you know come to an end, we'll say, but I think um, the role of HR, you know, it's not truly really called HR anymore. I mean, you're hearing a lot of the people or head of people apps. Um, it's evolved. And I think this podcast for me kind of is one a reminder of like some of the really amazing things you can do for people in the workplace. And to your guys's point, like even personally, I think 
you know, and the question back to you guys to maybe to kind of take on to this, what have you guys learned about yourself? Like after becoming, you know, hosts of this podcast. So um, maybe it's around some of the content or the speakers or even just, you know, doing this, this role right outside of your guys's day job too. Uh, well, I learned that I say ah uh, and um a lot when I'm on a podcast. <laughs> it's something that is really hard not to do. Like I, I have like a huge respect when I listen to other podcasts mm-hmm. and they're, I don't know if they're editing that, but I, I think it's just a skill that they pick up and I'm, I'm kind of jealous of that. But also f- for me, I just, I think it's been really cool to talk to so many different people that I would never have access to. Yeah. That's, I mean, and the, it's, the experiences that they kind of bring to the podcast are ones that you just don't think about. Like we all kind of live in our day to day. And so when, when we step out and we talk to somebody else and we learn what they're doing, um, people have such great ideas and it's been, I guess that's not me learning anything about myself, but I mean that I'd say probably like just the dedication to doing something on the side as well. Right. As Jess mentioned, it's, this is volunteer led and there have been many times where you just don't feel like doing it to be completely honest with you it's just because we all i have three kids i have a day job Um, so it's been a really good lesson in like being persistent in an area that you know provides value to other people even when sometimes you don't really feel it's providing value personally if that makes sense definitely i'm and i'm sure that's very rewarding too i mean yeah it's a time commitment too, right? In addition to all the other roles you guys are playing too. Yep. I would say for me, it's really improved my listening skills. Mm-hmm. I I really, it's an art to be able to, li- you know, be a quality listener to what somebody is saying and follow up with a very thoughtful question that, you're, you know, I'm maybe personally, I'm asking it because I'm personally interested, but I'm also mm-hmm. trying to ask it through the lens of the variety of listeners that we mm-hmm. have from somebody like yourself, Becky, that works in a small organization and you don't have a lot of budget or a big team to lean on, you know, to somebody that works at a very large global organization with lots of resources. So I've, I always thought I was a good listener, but I, I feel like I've really it's given me an opportunity to really, really practice it and um, kind of bring me, bring, brought me back to my early years and in interviewing too, because as a, as a recruiter, you have to be a really good listener and ask very thoughtful follow-up questions to make sure that you're selecting the right candidate for the organization. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was saying in the beginning, when we first did, at least for me, Jess, it was, you're constantly thinking about your next question as people are talking and so it's it's i i I agree with just completely where it's i think the better interviews of it's where you're truly listening and then a new question comes up because if you know if you get too locked in on on the questions that maybe you have written down i think it you miss a lot of good stuff and and (laughs) one other thing i wanted to add with what i've learned too is uh, i love working with jess on this for a lot of reasons but also she asked so many like different questions that i never would have thought of yeah. Right. Like I ask questions what I'm kind of interested in, what I hear, and then she'll ask a question that's completely different. And most of the time I'll leave the interviews with great information because of the questions that she asked. So 
the lesson I learned is like let other people with different perspectives ask the questions when you're not just interviewing, but just in general. I think all the points you guys are hitting on are are really relative in today's HR landscape. I mean, listening, empathetic listening. I think, you know, having having diverse backgrounds, right? And what that brings to the table. TC Sherm, right? In Sherm too, but TC Sherm was we started as a strength-based organization. So we talk a lot about that, but I kind of want to ask you guys, and this kind of leads into it. Why do you guys think your strengths blend so well together? Why do you guys think you work so well together? What has made it successful? I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Jess, you want to go first on that one? Yeah. So I think that Mike in his say, and as a sales professional, so I'm speaking a little generally here, so you'll have to keep me honest. You'll have to keep me honest on this, Mike, but (laughs) You know, as a sales professional, you also have to be very thoughtful in the types of questions that you're asking to your customer to make sure that your, you know, Mike is able to tie back the services that his his company offers to meeting the customer's needs, you know, whatever, whatever it is that is keeping the customer up late at night that, you know, they need they're looking to Mike and his company to solve. Um, and so Mike comes at it, I think, through that that great lens of thinking about it maybe through the eyes of a a customer or an end user. And I'm coming through it from the lens of an HR person, you know, somebody who would use that service or would benefit, like my job would be easier because of it, or I would be more effective or my team would be more effective because of it. So I think it kind of builds upon the, the nice compliment that Mike gave me about you know, he always walks away, maybe, you know, learning a little bit more based on the questions that I ask. And I would give that compliment right back to Mike. A lot of the things that he asks, because he's looking through a different lens than I am, are sometimes something that I would have never even thought about asking. So I just really think that our two backgrounds and with Mike's, um, you know, strengths, our, our strengths are also very different. I mean, mm-hmm. I think Mike's top five strengths are more, you know, my middle or end of my strengths. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that we, our brains just think differently and process information differently, and that's what makes us a good, a good pair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. We have, we have different strengths and I think we trust each other to use those um, and not really get in the way of one another's strengths. And, and also, I mean, I think we're both pretty easy going too. There hasn't, I mean, there's, it's, it, it's been an easy working relationship for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. We, we tend to just kind of trust each other's judgment on the guests. You know, we don't, we don't butt heads on that stuff. Um, we have our roles, you know, I'd say we know our roles pretty well within the podcast and yeah, it's, it's been easy to be honest. And easy is fun. <laughs> yeah. And e- uh, yeah, easy makes a lot more fun. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like, doesn't feel like we're ever at odds with how we want to go like about the podcast. It just, I think Jess's strengths probably what harmony is one of them. So <laughs> makes it super easy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, switching, not switching gears, but kind of digging in a little bit more on, on, on in both of yours, I'd say more on the personal side, you know, you're both very family focused. Um, both have families um, with kids what do your families think about your role as the what the HR podcast host? And mm-hmm. and and do they catch do they listen to episodes? Do they ever tune in? Not mine. Mine are too young. I mean my <laughs> well, I mean my oldest is 10. You know, she 
Yeah. They, the, the only thing they know is when I'm like yelling at them when they're like, you know, playing hockey while I'm on doing an interview or something, uh, telling them I'm on a podcast or like, they don't even know what I'm talking about. So, but it's been, it's been fun. It's I'll be, I'll be like doing editing and stuff and all of a sudden they'll kind of walk by. They'll be like, is that you talking? And then, then I'll explain to them and then they just kind of move on with it. But yeah, it's, uh, I will say I, it's a good skill that I've learned that I will want to like pass down to them. Not to say you have to go do a podcast, but do something where you are, you're kind of leading the charge at least, right? Like some sort of a project like that. Cause I, there's been a lot of valuable lessons in it. Yeah. I, my, my kiddo is young too. Like Mike's are, she's just, she just turned nine. So I don't even think she knows what a podcast is. She, <laughs> she hears, you know, I go for walks too a lot, Becky. And I, mm-hmm. um, I'm usually listening to a podcast on a walk. So she'll be like, what are you listening to? You know, music or, and I'm like, no, a podcast. And I've tried to explain to her what, what that is like a book on audio, you know, like an interview on audio. Um, but my, my husband, um, is a big podcast listener, but he's not in the world of HR. He's, he's in technology. And so he, he doesn't listen, but he created the, the logo for the podcast. And so he, has contributed to to the podcast a bit and thinks it's really neat that I do it and um, he knows I get a lot of enjoyment out of it and he is a bit big advocate for being just kind of a lifelong learner in general mm-hmm. like I am so yeah. knows that this brings a lot of value to my um, you know the day the day to day work that I do as a HR practitioner. I think it's just really cool you know, even if your kids don't, you know, tune in right, right now, but, um, just like that you're showing them that, um, it's good and uh, to be curious and to have lifelong learning, you know, skills and try something new and to be brave. Like what, what a great leadership and like role model you guys are, are doing for them. That's, that's pretty, pretty unique. And, um, there's just multiple ways to learn nowadays, right? So you can open a book or you can, you know, plug in a podcast and, kill two birds with one stone and get your work out in, you know, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. kind of cool to have it at your fingertips. Talking a little bit about like strengths. So Mike, one of yours, you know, very futuristic. Where do you see the, the, what the HR podcast heading? Are there any like new ideas or strategies that you might, you guys might be thinking about implementing with the podcast as time goes on? Or um, have you guys talked about anything like that? We so we're always trying to think of like new ways of doing things. Uh, I think we like the format as it is in terms of like length and if anything, we'd love to get more out. It's just it, it really comes down to time and the guests. To Jess's point earlier, it's not. We get a lot of people asking to be on the podcast. Some of them just don't make sense. I, I mean, we so it's it's not about it's more quality over quantity, although. Mm-hmm. I wish we could have both because we, we would like to do more content. I'm an HR tech, so like I I always want to do some sort of HR tech feature just because it's a world that I live in. And I think it's it's so relevant in the HR space, right? Whether it's just an HRIS or AI that everybody's talking about now. Like I, I think that there's a lot of learning that can be done. And then selfishly, I like to learn about those things as well. But yeah, I mean we've we've kicked around a bunch of different ideas and I don't know exactly where it'll go, but you know, like I said, I I, I do think there will be some some changes that we'll make at some point, or whether it's quick five minute, ten minute episodes. You've seen those kind of like micro episodes as yeah. well. Uh, we've done a few like compliance updates. So Not yeah, horrible. it's just yeah, it's 
Yeah, it's just time will tell. But you know, I I, I like the trajectory we're on. Um, yeah. If if there's what I will say is we have asked for feedback like on on LinkedIn and and there are some people that will give their two cents. But I would really encourage anybody listening like if you follow us on LinkedIn or we're connected and you see us asking for feedback, like we truly want it, right? That's not just like a, you know, formality. Uh, we want to hear what people want to listen. And if there's any other types of formats or any other podcasts that people have listened to, like send them to us. Like that's, that's not, that's constructive feedback that we're, that we're looking for. And I hope we get more of it moving forward. I um was just oh, at God. the Sherm annual conference last week and, Jesse, you being a leader, you know, in HR and stuff like a hot topic, as Mike kind of mentioned, is AI and just what does it mean? And I don't know, the key message I kind of got away is like nobody really knows yet, but we're kind of on the precipice of what this could do and it could be amazing. With that topic or any other, you know, topics, Jesse, what do you kind of see from a, at least in your lens from an HR practitioner slash leader, um, future topics that you think might be kind of, you know, up and coming or on the horizon, maybe for you guys in the podcast? Yeah, that's a great question. One that gives me some pause. I think, you know, just, and this is very generically, but just how AI specifically impacts HR roles, you know, mm-hmm. some of some of the things that are uh, teams that maybe I could see AI being beneficial in is more on like the HR operations side mm-hmm. of our business. I don't, I don't think HR or excuse me, AI is ever going to replace um, some of our our key mm-hmm. people facing strategic roles. It just it just can't. Um, but I do think that there's probably opportunities to optimize on more mm-hmm. of the operational side of HR. So it could be interesting to have. Um, some kind of futuristic speakers that are would maybe agree or disagree with me on that, or maybe even build mm-hmm. upon it and add other roles that they feel, um, you know, could be replaced by um, AI in the future. Mm-hmm. Outside of AI being a specific topic, I think now more than ever, HR is truly an extension of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in in companies that are leveraging us well, and I think that there's more of those types of companies now than there have been in the past. Mm-hmm. And so, I just I really can't wait to see just the evolution of HR being really more than just impacting the people side of the business and truly being a business leader who just happens to also be really good in HR and really enjoy HR. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Those have been the best, I I will say, and we've had a ton of really good guests, but each, I mean, there are some that you can tell just are are very business savvy and they happen to be leading HR and those, those conversations I, I really enjoy. I looked at AI in HR is kind of like the robot on the manufacturing line. Right yeah. where it's it's not not replacing everything, but it's replacing the things that you don't necessarily want your people doing anyways, um, and kind of opening them up for more strategic things, and and it it that could reduce headcount. I mean, I, I it probably could, but I think ever since I got into the HR space, which was what 2013, so like 10 years ago it's still been the same conversation of how do we like move from the tactical things into the strategic things and we're we're getting closer but that still seems to be the challenge and, and hopefully ai will unlock that i, yeah, um, I just have to 
I just have to pile onto that real quick, Becky. Sorry. I mean, no, I'm sure I'm sure most people listening um, have toyed around with chat GPT. Mm-hmm. If, if you haven't, do it immediately because it's mm-hmm. really fun. Um, but like we've already been leveraging them here for the creation of job descriptions and, oh. you know, using them for, you know, for internal communications and stuff. So I I think about it through that lens too. I mean, the company that I work for, we've been around for 115 plus years and mm-hmm. we still don't have job descriptions for all of the roles in our organization because it's a very cumbersome administrative job. Nobody, I'm, well, I'm sure I shouldn't say nobody, there's probably somebody out there listening that's like, I love writing job descriptions. But <laughs> you know, for, for the most part, I would say mo- most of us would rather spend our time elsewhere. And so leveraging um, AI for things that like in like an internal comms or a job mm-hmm. description or you know an an employee has questions about benefits you know they can go in and type in their question and you know mm-hmm. this bot responds back to them with how they fill out their FMLA paperwork or you know who they contact if they yeah. have more leave questions so those types of things I really hope we start to see sooner rather than later and with chat GPT, um, I would hope, you know, my organization and, and other organizations could take advantage of this kind of stuff right now. I think it's going to come sooner than we think. I, I, I've get asked a lot and Jesse, you probably do as well. Mike, you, you might too, you know, a lot of people have said, you know, Hey, like, are they going to be able to tell if I use chat GPT to build my resume, you know, when (laughs) applying for jobs? And I'm like, you know, as long as you, I actually encourage people go out and use it and put together it as, as a template um, and, but add your authentic voice to it. And at the end of the day, right, like they're going to be interacting with a human or humans, right, during the interview process. So it's, I don't, to me, it's, it's, I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's our generation. I don't know. It's, I think it could be a really powerful tool to leverage, right? Like you said, Jesse, to kind of maybe do away with some of those processes or, you know, kind of mundane tasks that, you know, don't really give you energy in the day. I, you know, I see that with like resumes, like you said, internal communications, job descriptions, like the interview process. I, I know writing job descriptions are my hiring managers. I mean, they, it's not their favorite thing to do. We help support them through it, but it gives them time back on their plate to go focus on other things or spend time with their teams and be more strategic, right? If that's what's needed. So it's a good uh, starting. It's a good starting point, I yeah. think. And, and there are yeah. things on resumes that nobody really, right? Maybe the, the they're not the the things that you're not getting hired because, but you need, <laughs> right? Can help. Yeah. I actually had it. I had a best man speech back in April, and I asked it to write me a speech. I put in a few characteristics of my buddy, and then it actually wrote me like a full speech. I didn't use it. Um, <laughs> just That's doesn't awesome. feel doesn't feel quite right but yeah to your point it, it gave me a really good baseline like i said i yeah. didn't use it but i could have like i mean there there was some things where you're like okay i could build around this yeah i'm i'm excited to see where it, where it goes and I'm, I'm i'm hoping you guys get some 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 speakers and you know on it to speak about it and i think it's going to continue to evolve and probably pretty quickly I wanted to, before I, I, I wanted to ask you guys a question. I know you guys have talked a little bit about really focusing on quality and how, what is kind of your process for, for vetting out speakers and or topics? Um, like, do you have a specific process or is it just kind of like you said, that kind of gut check for checking the boxes on this, but um, anything you could share with the listeners on, on kind of how you guys go about that? that? Yeah. So it, it is kind of a gut check. I mean, Jess and I will, 
like I said, we'll, we'll get people reaching out to us and we'll take a look at it and obviously research it and ask each other how we feel about it. I would say if it's a topic that we've we've done recently, right, usually kind of knocks it out. We don't want to be too repetitive and, unless there's like a different looking at it from a different lens. But that, I mean, there's yeah, there's no formal process. There's it's it's really and and then some of it's us reaching out. Like I do a lot of reach out as well, mm-hmm. and and I'll reach out to a lot of uh, just senior HR leaders that I think are maybe in cool companies and I think would be great for our audience to listen to. I'm a salesperson, so I don't always get responses back because <laughs> um, they probably assume I'm trying to sell them something, which I am, which is and that is an episode of what the HR. But but yeah, I mean, we we also have some help. Um, we do have. A volunteer, Caitlin, who does an amazing job, and she'll she'll actually go out and help us vet as well. Um, awesome. So we kind of trust her judgment. Yeah. Anything I'm missing on that, Jess? I would just say early earlier on in one of the questions I was answering, I kind of talked about our north star, our objectives that we created. Yeah. We put this podcast together, and so it's it's going back to those frequently when we get reached out to by. Um, mm-hmm you know, individuals that are interested in being on the podcast. And that again is to all of Mike's points. Plus, you know, what is this a topic that regardless of if you're an HR island of one or in a large organization, you're going to benefit from this knowledge. We make sure that the the guest, when we're talking, potential guests, when we're talking to them, make sure that the responses that they they're giving, um, allow for somebody to take like some tangible action, even if it's only just one action that somebody walks away with from listening. So those are things um, I think Mike and I think about regularly as we're vetting um, those that reach out to us with some interest. I was thinking back to, I think I told Mike this before, but one of my favorite um, uh, episodes, I loved when you guys had Leah Pitsenberger, who is former head of HR from Minnesota Wild. And it was just cool because it's someone that you don't think you'd ever really get access to. And just some of the things she spoke about really like you could relate to and and tons of tangible nuggets to take away from. Um, she actually ended up, I think, speaking at she did speak at one of our conferences, too. But it was really cool that you guys were able to like get someone like that from an organization like that um, and bring it down to like, you know, to probably, I, I'm assuming, add a lot of value to a lot of people all over. So I think you guys just do continue to do such a good job um, with that. She was awesome. Yeah. She was awesome. And she yeah. was one that just I just reached out to. So yeah. like I say, yeah. just a, another another example of if if I'm reaching yeah. out to you for the yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. And I think it I think it shows too. And I I'll just um, I'll brag about our profession a little bit, but I think everyone realizes that. Um, with their, you know, knowledge and expertise, right? And we're working with humans and every day is different. You experience all kinds of fun, fun things that occur in the workplace, but you have a lot to share. And I think, I think HR professionals overall are pretty giving of that, of that nature too. So, um, and giving of their time. And I, I hope that, right? What and I'll say, Becky, really know? quick, on, on that note, because I, I do, I think imposter syndrome is incredibly real. And I, what I've found is a lot of people in HR very humble. And I, and I think they assume that if they haven't been in the field for 30 years, that they don't have much to share. And I would say that everybody we've talked to has had so much like wisdom 
whether that's they've been in it for five years or 25 years. So I say that because if there's people listening and they think, hey, I'd love to be on a podcast, but I don't really have anything to share, like reach out to us. I'd love to talk to you and find out, you know, what everybody has a unique perspective in this profession. But I, I would say maybe because I'm in the sales world, mm-hmm. maybe there's people that are a little too confident <laughs> in our in our profession. And then it's kind of the opposite in HR. But um, I would I bring that up because like reach out, even if it's just a chat, like everybody from has seen such unique things in their organizations that we'd love to put on the podcast. And it's not all about like, I mean, I think a lot of it's right. Lessons learned. Like we've all had those right. moments in, in your your career, right? Where um, sometimes, you know, they're more frequent at the beginning, maybe, or maybe at the end, but that you're learning and you're like, man, I wish I would have done that differently, or I wish I would have framed it differently, or, um, you know, and I, I think one thing, you know, I like about working in HR is that you're continually learning um, and improving, whether you realize it or not. Um, and you're really every single day impacting, you know, humans' lives, like in and out of work. So, yeah. Um, I, I think I get, this comes up a lot, right. With that still a hot topic of the being in and in and out of the, you know, are you hybrid? Are you all at work? Are you fully remote? And I mean, this came up at the conference and, um, we were kind of talking about it. And I said, one of the hardest things to do, right. Is that, um, yes, you can definitely work and get, get a lot done virtually. Um, but when you have to have really difficult conversations, like letting someone go, um, ideally you want to show a lot of empathy, right. And, and it's hard, it's hard to do that across the computer. It's, it's definitely mm-hmm. doable. I was reading an article about meta and people were going back and forth about how they had recently let a group of people go via email. And some people were like, yep, that's, you know, that was, I like that. I prefer that. And some people are like, well, no, like I'd rather be, you know, so it's, it's just, it's you're continually learning. You're learning. Everyone has different styles and preferences. You're not going to make everybody happy, but right. um, you try your best. And I think that's, yeah. you know, that's that's part of it. I kind of I'll I'll, I'll wrap up. I mean, not I I just this is kind of to your point. You know, um, you know, th- I'm sure that there's a lot of listeners, and I feel like, you know, people who listen to podcasts, I think generally, you know, that's kind of a something they like to do frequently, but some of them might want to even someday start their own podcast. But, you know, looking back, right, when you guys first launched, we touched a little bit about this at the beginning, but um, is there anything you do differently now um, and or any advice you might share with anyone that, you know, someday might want to um, start their own podcast or explore it? I, so, you know, there was going back to imposter syndrome when we started this podcast, I was really excited about it because I'm such an avid podcast listener myself and was excited about, and I, I love meeting new people. I've, I, um, when I went to college, I, I actually initially started in broadcasting and journalism. So the idea of like flexing this muscle that I never got to flex, you know, be, uh, via a podcast host was really exciting to me, but there also was a little bit of like, Ooh, there's a lot of podcasts already out there on HR and a lot of people are doing this already and how are we going to set ourselves apart and how are we you know going to make sure that our our uh like search en- engine is optimized so people find us and 
and all of that. And so what I would say is don't, don't let those fears or, or imposter syndrome get in the way of starting something that you're excited about or passionate about. And just you being the unique person that you are or the persons, if you're, you know, co-hosting it with somebody else already makes the service or the, you know, this, we'll just call it the service that you're providing you unique. Um, you likely have access to different sets of people and different, you know, networks and things like that, that also set you apart. And, um, I would also say be patient, you know, Mike and I aren't doing this for money. We, we do this because we enjoy working together and to support Twin City Sherm. But if you're, if you're doing it for, for money, um, as a, a revenue stream, I would say be patient. You know, it takes, it takes some time to build up your listenership. It takes some time to build credibility so you can get sponsors. So just stick with it, be consistent, let whatever drove you out of the gate with that passion continue to fuel you when you feel like you're, um, you know, maybe questioning why you got started in the first place. Yeah, I would echo all of that. I mean, I, I think she summed it up perfectly. I think patience is a big thing. Like you can track all of the listeners and downloads. And I mean, in the beginning, just know that it's not going to be <laughs> flattering no matter what you do. I mean, and I think people, they, it's kind of like, what do they say? Most people quit going to the gym after seven weeks so they don't see any results but it actually takes like 12 weeks to see any right so that's why i write twits it's kind of the same thing and you'll see it consistently go up but there's there's it takes some time for sure the other thing is i if if you're thinking about starting a podcast reach out to somebody who's done it already right ask them the other i, I would say the one like kind of tactical thing i would have done differently is right in the beginning i would have probably recorded unless it's time sensitive and it's like a daily news update i probably would have recorded like six seven episodes and then i would have launched and then i would have always stayed three episodes ahead makes sense i um so random question just to kind of wrap things up what are some other podcasts that you guys listen to outside of this one of course <laughs> So, I, well, I love the wild. So most of mine are hockey. Spitting Chicklets is um, probably one of my favorite, you know, podcasts. The Tim mm-hmm. Ferriss show is is a great one. Um, local ones like um, we have a local beat writer, Michael Russo, that does a podcast on the wild. So mo- mostly sports. I I like learning, but I also when I listen to podcasts, I, I try to get outside of work. I read a lot. So most of like the reading is more educational for me. My podcasts are more like my personal interests. Yeah. How about you, Jess? Yeah. Um, mine would be in the areas of health and wellness and pop culture. So I'm, I'm an absolute like geek when it comes on, you know, comes to like unconventional um, health and wellness. And so mm-hmm. I like to be up to date on what people are doing and optimize my health by learning through others. And then my guilty pleasure is the bachelor franchise. And there is a plethora of, um, Mm -hmm. bachelor recap podcasts. So I'm actually, um, there hasn't been a, um, a bachelor show out for a while. So I've been missing my pop culture podcasts and spending a lot of time, um, on my wellness podcast. So looking forward to more of the, the mind numbing, um, just, you know, your brain doesn't have to think about much. You just get to enjoy listening to other people's dramatic lives. <laughs> I admit I am guilty as well. I, I enjoy a good bachelor podcast for myself. So 
can't say I've ever listened to one of those, but maybe I'll (laughs) check it out. Funny. Um, Well, I thank you guys for having me. Um, Just a huge congratulations on winning the Pinnacle Award. Um, TC Sherm is so proud of you and just watching you guys and how you've grown the podcast over the last couple of years. And um, we can't wait to see what you guys have in store. And um, thank you. Thank you for your time today. Yeah. Thanks for hosting, Becky. Great job. It was fun. Hey, um, really quick, and I know, Jess, you got to jump, but for those that have stuck around to the the end here, Becky, can you just maybe two-minute summary of, like, Twin Cities Sherm and maybe the, you've been doing it for so long, the value of whether it's Twin Cities Sherm or any other Sherm chapter around the country, like, the value in it? Yeah, definitely. Um, of course. Um, so Society for HR Management, SHRM, um, right? I kind of think of them as, you know, kind of think of them as the parent organization, but they're really kind of, um, I'd say the biggest HR uh, organization. They're a nonprofit um, that support HR professionals globally. Um, they just celebrated their 75th anniversary. They have over 300,000 members across the, the globe. Twin Cities SHRM, right, is a local chapter. Um, we are considered a super mega chapter. What that means is that we over, we have over a thousand active members. That's a combination of, you know, professional HR practitioners, um, student members, um, and really our, our, the whole mission, right, is to, to continue um, professional education, um, to help build kind of networking um, and kind of an HR community for our members. Um, and then my favorite part, or I have a lot of favorite parts, um, but um, really we provide, you know, the, that, those professional development credits um, so that you can maintain, um, whether it's your SHRM or HRCI um, certifications. And uh, we have events both virtual and in-person here in the Twin Cities, and um, we'd love for anyone to join that's interested in. And both, I mean, myself, Mike, Jesse have been involved with the organization um, they do a lot of really amazing things and people come from a lot of various industries, backgrounds, years of experience. So if you're interested, mm-hmm. you can check out, um, more at www.tcsherm.org. And this will kind of be, I'll, I'll continue to wrap up, but this will be my last, uh, year on the board as past president. So kind of a bittersweet year for me, but, um, I, again, I'll continue to support the organization and give back. I think, um, it's, like I said earlier, I think it's kind of embedded, I feel like naturally in, in HR, HR professionals. So yeah. But, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks. Thanks again for doing this, Becky. We appreciate yeah, it. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of What the HR. If you want to hear more episodes like this, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever platform you're listening through now. If you enjoyed the podcast, do us a favor and share with your network, your boss, or your CEO. Help us get this podcast in front of anyone who wants to know what HR looks like when done well. Also, if you have any questions for show topics or people you'd like us to interview, please email Mike and I at podcast at tcsherm.org. That's podcast at tcsherm.org. If you want to find out more about Twin City Sherm or our upcoming events, please visit our website at tcsherm.org. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And finally, if you're not already a member of Twin City Sherm, please use code WHATTHEHR at checkout to receive $20 off your membership. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode.